Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and, and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The, the lad and I will yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offerings and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father? And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of this place, The Lord Will Provide. As it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, Lord, and we thank you for these, this truth that we're about to read. Father, you're so good, and we just pray that your Holy Spirit just speaks to us all, Father. Many of us have probably read this before but Lord we pray you give us a new fresh look at this but we know Lord that you just always want to speak to us we pray this in Jesus name Amen please be seated well let me get this thing going there we go well it's good to see y'all you know um, Genesis 22 this is uh, an awesome passage it's an intimidating passage, to be honest with you. You know, Genesis 22 re- here, it records the greatest test that Abraham has ever faced. And it also shows a picture of the Lord, sac- of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and when he went to the cross and sacrificed for us. But you know, when, when, when I was praying, when Pastor Pat asked me to come up here and teach, I was praying on what to teach on. And I was, you know, and then the Lord just kept reminding me, just, Remind them of the love that I have for my, for my children. And so I came to this passage because, man, there is just a beautiful picture of the Lord Jesus Christ right here. How he went to the cross and he died for our sins. You know, um, when I was on the way over here, I was just reminded of how much the Lord loved us. You know, we were praying this morning. We're praying for this young, uh, this young kid that Brother Ken brought up to us last week. And 
you know, to make the long story short, this, this kid, this seven-year-old, uh, was not able to move, was not able to walk. You know, and his parents were really, really scared, you know. And so Kim brought that up, and we, we prayed for him last week. Other churches were praying for him. And, and we just started praying for him. And you know, the funny thing about it is that when I was praying, when we were praying for this guy, I really felt he was going to be healed. So this morning, uh, I, we asked Ken this morning, what happened? He has no, no issues. He could walk. He couldn't walk. And, and now he's, he's walking again. Praise God, right? I mean, praise God. You know, and it's nothing, nothing that we come with, right, when it comes to faith. You know, faith's a gift, and, and, and faith just wants us to trust in him. You know, I'm reminded in one of the passages in, in the gospel when, when, um, when uh, one of the, when somebody's kid, he was trying to heal, get his, his son healed. And, and Jesus says, yeah, all you got to do is just have, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, all you got to do is have a little faith. And then I never forget that man, he says, Lord, help me to, to believe. Right? And sometimes we could do that. You know, we know the truth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, we know we come to him by, to, by faith that he saved us from all our sins. But during this long walk that we have called life, well, we could take our eyes off that, the promises that the Lord has given us all. You know, and, and this is why I came to, this Lord led to this passage, because I love to focus this morning and read through this passage more on the faith of Abraham. You know, you know we look at Abraham, and Abraham is on, in Hebrews chapter 11, some people call it the, the hall of faith. You know, all these Old Testament saints who believed in the promise of the Messiah coming. I love Hebrews chapter 11 because in that chapter, none of these people saw the Messiah or the Messiah wasn't born. They were on the other side of the cross. Right? But yet they believed. And a lot of them died for the faith. You know, and a lot of them finished the race very well. But with all those saints, and same as us too, Y'all got to be tested. Now, I read this from 11, uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verse 17. It says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promise of offered up his only begotten son. So Abraham had to be tested. All right? He had to be tested, and so do we. You know, many times in our, in our, in our Christian walk, you know, I could think back. I love last week's uh, teaching. If you didn't hear uh, Mike teaching last week on Joshua 24, oh, it's very encouraging. You know, it's a wonderful way to end the year and into this year. And I love the part where he says that they had to look back to go forward, right? And to, to the 2014, 2015, when you're applying, you have to remember what God has done in our lives. And life happens. Sometimes we take our eyes off the promise of God. And I don't know if any of you guys uh, uh, did what, uh, thought about it. Can you remember right now the day you were saved? You know, take a second. Can you remember the time? You, I said, I believe that you can take my sins. And then can you remember the first time that he ever spoke to you? And he speaks in many ways. And how he pulls through. He always does. Right? I love what uh, Dave Miller always says. Our God's a big God. That's true. But life happens. But you know what? 
God never leaves us nor forsake us. He never will. He never has. You know, but one thing that we need to know in our walk, that faith that is not tested is not really faith, right? And 2014 just ended. And I don't know where everybody's at personally, but we always, you always hear this, that either we're going into a trial, we're in a trial, or we're coming out of a trial. 2014 may have been, may have been a, a very tough year. Maybe it was a real tough year. But God is in it. If anything, if you hear this, this this morning, don't forget, God is in it. It could be our marriages. It could be our finances. It could be our children. It could be our work. It could be anything. God is in it. And he loves us. And he will never leave us nor forsake us. And he wanted to get us through, through, the, through the trials that we're going in life. And this is the way he increases our faith. Right? So, so this morning, I want to really just talk about faith a little bit and, and the testing of faith and, and how Abraham, at this time of his life, uh, was able to pass the test. You know, I work for uh, a company in Fremont, a very big company, uh, and I work in the engineering lab department. And these engineers, they think of some really, really good stuff. I mean, I, and I work in the automotive industry. And, but we get these testings. A lot of time we get these things. We got, we got this dyno, which is we run the, the motor on it. And some of the designs, some of the stuff they put on there, it's on paper. It's, it's, it's great. And, and we run different tests. It could be the oil. It could be different wiring. It could be the, the, the PC boards, whatever they want to test. And that thing is humming. You know? and, and I work for Tesla. And so that car is, is that engine's amazing. I talked to some of the guys here. And that engine's amazing. It really is. But there's been some testings we've done. Where, and I have some, some of the testings that I do, it's hours. Some of them are 100 hours. Some of them are 500 hours. Some of them, different type of testings. And the testing, you can see on the graphs, it looks really good. But on the longevity of it all, sometimes some of those tests fail. And then you can see it just go off the chart. You see it just, it's not doing, the oil might not break like the way it's supposed to. So that test failed. It started well. It looked good, but it didn't make it. So what happened? They had to break it down, see what happened, and start all over until they get it right. And you know what? That's what God is doing in our lives. All right? He is he's totally just molding and shaping us because he wants us. Not only, not only are we saved through the blood of Jesus Christ, but he also he wants us to have a, a, a beautiful life on this side of heaven. And, but, we, but he's going to grow us during this time, and we're going to pass the test if we trust in him. And that's always a, a challenge, correct? So, so but here we're going to read this morning how God was, is drawing Abraham closer to him. And this is something else. God has grace in our life and all our trials. God, through our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, there's nothing more important. He's going to get us through it. He's our friend, the Bible says. One of these worship songs that reminded me when I was worshiping. He is our friend. All right? And he's going to get us through. And through our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, he's going to know what we go through. He's going to know what we go through. So that's the thing we need to remember. So he is drawing him closer to him. And, and also, before we get started, I also want this passage we just read. I want to remind everybody, God never intended to sacrifice Isaac. Excuse me. Never wanted to to sacrifice Isaac. He never did. All right? He never did. He, don't, never want, he doesn't believe in sacrifices. He never he teaches sacrifices, but he never intended to, to, to sacrifice Isaac. 
And also, don't forget, he knows the outcome of the story. And this, and this story here, this truth, is an example of, of, of a faith being revealed in, in the trials. All right, so, again, the context. Here, Abraham is about 120, 130 years old. And he finally has Isaac, his son. He was 75 years old in chapter 12 of Genesis when God called him out. 75 years old. As a matter of fact, I'll read this, that, those three verses for you. If you want to turn there, a couple of chapters, that's good too. In chapter 12 of Genesis, it says, Now the Lord has said to Abram, that's Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. He's telling him, I'm going to bless you. you know, I'm going to give you children. I know you're 75 years old, but I'm going to give you children. I don't know, if, if I was Abraham at that particular time, and I'm 75 years old, I'm thinking, oh, man, this is going to happen any time. I'm old. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to be around very long. This has to happen soon. Yet he waited until he was 100 years old before his son is born. Because why? Because he knew that, that Abraham, he was testing Abraham. He was testing his faith. Do you really believe in this promise I'm giving you? Do you really believe that I, I love you? Do you really believe I want the best for you? Trust me. And the only way that's going to happen is through our trials in life. That's the only way that's going to happen. And that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing here. So, so that's where we're going to come here. And remember, Abraham, he's got to learn to trust the Lord. So let's look at verse 1 as we, get to, as we start our, our, our lesson this morning. So one of the, couple of things I'd like to do this morning is just um, see some of the key points how, how, he, uh, how God t- tested Abraham. You know, one thing I also want to say, just thought about right now, is that, you know, I don't see a lot of movies when they're out in the theaters, but I saw this wonderful movie, and maybe as we read this, we can think about this, and it's Unbroken. Has anybody seen Unbroken? Man, that movie was a powerful movie. My wife told me about this movie, and I forgot, what's that guy's name? I know you guys, is that Brie Lewis? Yeah, so, and it's an awesome story. Priscilla told me the story before we went, and if you haven't seen it, don't worry, I won't ruin it for you, but he goes through all these trials, right? He, he, it's during World War II, but before World War II, he, as a kid, he gets beat, he gets beat up. He finally he, he joins track. He, he starts working on this track. He's, he gets really good. He goes to the Olympics. He goes into a Germany, Nazi Germany, and he gets, like I think it was bronze, if I remember correctly. And he's looking forward to break the record to go to Tokyo. But the war breaks out. He gets shot down. He gets, he goes to prison, he goes to a Japanese uh, prison camp, he gets tortured, he gets beat by this real mean uh, 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 leader of the, the sergeant of the camp. But one of the things that I remembered in that movie, it just the main, main part of the whole movie I remembered, was before he went on the train. Before he went on the train, his brother, he tells him, and I wrote down right here, a moment of pain is worth a lifetime of glory. You know, think about that. A moment, a moment of pain is, a, is worth a lifetime of glory. 
that little bit of pain that we're going through right now in our trials, it's just for a moment. It's just for a moment. And it's not for our glory. It's for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is before that movie. This is before he knew the Lord. God was, and I don't know, the, I, I hear the book is really great, but it, it, but it shows his salvation. It shows that he ends up believing in Jesus because he makes a promise, Lord, if you get me out of this, you know how we all do. Lord, if you get me out of this thing, I'll serve you, Lord. All right? And he did. But God was molding him even when he didn't know the Lord because he had a plan for him. We know the Lord, us who do know the Lord here, and he has a plan for us. And this coming up 2015, it's going to be even more blessings in 2014 because I know there was blessings in all our lives in 2014. But sometimes we don't look at it, right? But there was. And there's going to be more blessings in 2015. But there's got to be that trial. There's got to be that testing. Who's who's giving you the blessings? And that's what we're going to read a little bit here this, this, this morning. And I just love that quote. I just want to share that with you. So verse 1 of chapter 22, notice with me. So now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham? And he said, here I am. Here in verse 1, like I said earlier, he's, he's about 120, 125 years old, Abraham is. And God's about to test him. God's about to test his faith. You think this, this man who's up in age, he's seen it all, he's been through it all, and, and uh, you know what, I'm 100 plus years old. <laughs> what? I'm, Lord, I know I'm not a test. You've been testing me my whole life. We can't be going through another one. He's probably thinking like in chapter 15, he's going to say something like, Abraham, I'm your shield. Abraham, I'm going to bless you, right? But no, he's going to test him. He's going to give him his ultimate test. You gotta, he's, so you've got to figure right here, uh, here, and what, he's, so he, what he's saying here is, now it came to pass after these things, well, through all his trials, but after these things, his son, his son was born here in chapter 21. He finally had his babies. His son's probably about 25. Isaac is about 25. He's about 30 years old, somewhere in there, and he's born. He finally got the promise. So when he's 75 years old, he finally has this kid. He knows he's going to be he's being blessed. He's going to be the father of many nations, and he finally gets this blessing. And we can see that in Genesis uh, chapter 21, verses 2 to 3, it says, for Sarah conceived and bore Abraham, Abraham a son in his old age at this set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. So he has this son. He's about to get this, his test. And who knows what kind of, you know, I was thinking about this too when I was on the way over here. It says here, God tasted, tested Abraham. I want to talk a little bit about tests. God tested Abraham here not to produce faith, but to reveal his faith, right? Because you can't work for our faith, right? God has been producing throughout all the years of his life. You think about it, if you, for those who have read Abraham. He, t- he told him to leave his family. He told him, he told him to, to go to, to, he had to go through uh, a test of famine, a test of, of separating from his, from his cousin. And he passed it some too. He also trusted him with his money. Right? And he also passed him and trusted him in, in, in um, what was the other one? And he's also trusted him oh, in, on his battles. On the battle, we let the Lord fight for him. So he has, like we do, right? So he's about to test him. Now, one of the things I'd like to talk a little bit before we read this, because I think it's very important that we're reminded that the trials come from the Lord for a purpose. And many times in our trials, 
we, we think that we do something wrong or we think something that we are, you know, insane or something like that. So I'm going to change a couple of uh, passages. If you could hold your place and go to James. And I just want to. James chapter one. So it's good to be reminded the difference between, between a trial and temptation. Right? Trials and temptation. James chapter one. In the New Testament, towards the back. And then verse 12, look what it says here. It says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, when he has been approved, when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Verse 13, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But check this out. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. The sin could be a sin of unbelief. And it says, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Brothers, when we're, when we're going through a test and we're trying to... We're trying to uh, Know the will of God and be in faith, our, our, our faith increase in God. Satan's going to come by there and start telling you lies. He starts telling you that you're not worthy. Who do you think you are? I remember your past. I know what you're really thinking. And he, and he goes in there, and, and that's the temptation. He starts to believe in the lie of the enemy in our lives. So, what I want, so, but it's not. It says right there in that verse that in 13. That that I am that that he does, that the Lord does not tempt us. We go into our own flesh. We believe in the lies of the enemies, and, and we start believe, forgetting in the promises of God that He will never leave us nor forsake us. You know, and it's so true. This is a very important uh, verse to remember. This is one of the ones that I have always in in like uh, one of my go tos. Because man, we, we go through so many tests in our lives, and sometimes we look back, we know. We know who we are, right? But God sees, and I always share this all the time with the men, God sees the finished product, right? God sees the end. You know, like we were watching the Rose Bowl, right? You know, they're, they're, they, see the, they see the float coming one by one, but God's like on top of the blip, right? He's seen that, seen downwards, and he sees the finish, to the, getting to the end in our trials. And that's what we need to remember. Don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't let the enemy lie to you. God loves you. So God here is, if we go back to Genesis 22, God gives a test so that through our relationship, we trust him with all our hearts. We can't forget that the Lord, the Lord in our test, he makes it personal for us. My, my test might be different than yours. Your test might be different than mine. And, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as come to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will make the way of escape. You may be able to bear it. God is gracious. He's a gracious God. We need not to forget that. So going back to Genesis chapter 22, I just want to share that with you guys regarding temptations and trials. It's very important that we know that. It really is very important to know the difference. Verse 2, Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there at 
as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So here he's telling him, take now your, your son, your only son Isaac. Here he only recognizes Isaac. He has another son, Ishmael, in the, in the past where he had a, a lack of faith there, right? He, had a, he was tested. Him and his wife thought, hey, you know what, we're not going to have no children. And him and Sarah uh, decided, or Sarai, decided, you know what, I'm too old. Why don't you uh, have that promise through my servant, Hagar? Man, someone that leaves the man, that's an embarrassing one all the time for me right there. Okay, right? <laughs> man, trying to think about that again. All right? So he had a lack of faith. They wanted to help God out, right? That's one of those defeats right there, right? So he's testing his love, you know? I, I, when I read this passage here, and it says, take your son, your only son, to, I, to uh, whom you love. Sometimes, you know, we, we look at that, and, and we think about testing, about things. You know what, Lord, I need you to take away this issue in my life, my eyes, habits. But sometimes, a lot of times, God will test you on something that you really love. When he says bring things to the altar, it could be things that you really are now starting to love, maybe a little more than God. And sometimes he'll tell us, okay, let's see how much you really how much you really love me. That thing I blessed you with, give it back to me. It belongs to me anyways. Who do you love more? All right? And that's some of those testings we think about in our lives. That's what a lot of our testing, especially as Christians, is that. Because right? we know we're battling with our, with our, with our shortcomings. But many, many of the time it's that thing that we really don't consider that we, we may love more than God. It could be your relationship. It could be your kids. It could be your job. You love God first, because if you love God first, he's going to bless you in those things. He's going to take care of those ones that you love. So here he's telling you, okay, bring it to the altar. And one of the, one of the things I know that we notice here in, chapter, in verse 2 in Genesis here is he says, take your son, your only son, son Isaac, whom you love. This is the first time in the Bible that the word love is used. All right, it's used here between, uh, uh, and we talked about this before, it's first mentioned. So whenever you have the first mansion in the Bible, it's going to be used the same way throughout the Bible. That's what keeps the Bible steady and, and, and consistent. And here, love is used between a father and his son. You, know, you would think it would be maybe in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, or you would think it would be you know, with the mother and the child. But the first time in the Bible the word love is used is in this passage here, and it's between a father and his son. It's also used the first time in the Gospel of John, you know, John 3.16. One of our go-tos, right? For, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I think it's a, I think it's a very exciting part of this verse here because I, I truly believe that he, God, is, is sharing the love that he has. He goes, I know you love your son. I love my son too. I love my son too. And we all know 2,000 years later, right here on, on the verse 2, you see, Go to the land of Moriah. That is also Jerusalem. Speak to Jerusalem. You can see that in First Chronicles chapter three. All right, that's also Moriah. So he's 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 getting that relationship, right? He has that relationship with the Lord Himself. He goes, I understand what you're saying. God understands what we go through. At least I understand you love Him. So he's he's going to test Him here, right? And he says, and offer Him there as a burnt offerings on the mountain, which I shall tell you. 
And it may sound like he's contradicting himself, right? He's saying, well, you know what? You say you're going to give him a promise. He's going to have a nation, but now you want me to give it up. But like I said earlier, many times, we need to learn trust of the Lord. Are we trusting the giver or the gift? The one who gave you the promise or the promise? This is what he's testing them on. All right? And this is what he's testing them on. Verse 3. So there's that first part of the test. Look at his response. And I love this verse right here. So verse 3 of chapter 22. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Look at Abraham. Abraham woke up early trusting the Lord's instruction without any delay. This is obedience right here. And I believe God used Ishmael when he had to willfully give up his son in chapter 21 to send him off because he wasn't the son of promise. He, he, you know, he builds our faith. He builds it. He gives us a test, test. And yet here, he gets up and he's obedient. He doesn't say like we would do, right? Why, Lord? <laughs> Why me? Right? He gets up and he's trusting God. And he's, he's totally learning, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to delay the blessings. I'm not going to be disobedient. But I'm going to do what God says. You know, in, in the Bible, I believe the Lord speaks to, in the Bible, he speaks to Abraham. Seven times it's written that he speaks to him. And every time that he, he speaks to him, it's after he did what he told him what he was going to do before. You know, in chapter 13 on, on Genesis, remember he, he, tells, um, he tells Abraham to leave your family. And what does he do? He takes his nephew Lot with him. He's, oh, yeah, Lord, I'll leave him. Hey, Lot, come on, let's go. All right? So he takes Lot with him. And, and you don't hear him speak to him again because he told him, leave your family. He knew the influence. So what happens in chapter 13 in, in, in Genesis is that now they see God is blessing him. Even though he makes all these mistakes, God is blessing him and Lot, his nephew, with cattle. He's getting a lot of cattle. And, and now they got this land, and there's too much cattle. And now the men, the servants, are starting to argue. They're starting to have strife among one another, because they want the good land for their, for their cattle. So in chapter 13, and I'll read this to you, in Genesis it says, right, so he tells, oh, he said, first he says, all right, Lot, I don't want us to argue no more. What side do you want? You want this side or that side? Now Lot should have, you know, especially in that culture, been respectful to his uncle and said, uncle, you pick. But he looked. And he saw the green. He said, you know what? I'll take that one. At this particular point, just to show us even in our lives, Abraham trusted God. He didn't, he didn't trust with the sight. He knew, you know what? God said he's going to bless me. I don't have, okay, you'll bless me over there. And he went that way. But if you look at this in verse 13, um, I'm sorry, chapter 13, verse 14 and 15, and if you could look at it because it's really good to look at this, he would, even though God was blessing Abraham, he wasn't getting the, the, the ultimate bless. There's the perfect will and the permissible will. Uh, if you look at this verse 13 and 14 in Genesis, I mean, sorry, verse 14 and 15 of Genesis chapter 13, and it says there, And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are uh, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. He didn't speak to him. and He didn't get him to the next stage. 
until he separated himself from law. Right? Obedience. That's the, that, we got to be obedient. Right? And, and so that's why he was being disobedient. Even though God was blessing him, he was just getting a partial of the blessing of God. Because God has hand upon him like he does on us. But not until he did what God told him to do in the past is where he opened up many more blessings. And he says there, and that's a, key, that's a powerful verse, after Lot has separated him from him. Then he was able to get to the next stage and grow in his faith. Obedience is very important. You know, there's many times we don't want to do what the Lord, you know what the Lord is telling you to do. But trust in God. And this is the way our faith grows in the trials in our life. Verse 4 through, verse four through 6. Here's where Abraham is going to just focus on the promise. He's, gonna, he's, he's, he's on fire now, right? Verse 4. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young man, Men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. Man, this is some, this is some faith right here. This is awesome. Look at, he's, he's knowing the, tr- the promises of God. He's not going to make any excuses. He doesn't want no explanation why he's going forward. After 30 miles, right, on the third day, after 30 miles, Abraham came to this place on the third day, which we mentioned earlier was Mount Moriah. He came to this place, you know, I can imagine for, for three days thinking, man, I'm going to take my son up and, and sacrifice him to the Lord. But he didn't say, oh, he didn't make any excuses. He, he just kept going. And I, I believe, this is what I believe, I believe by faith, he wasn't stressing, he wasn't worried, you know, like we can many times. He was going to do what God told him to do. He has focused on that. He knew he was going to go forward. And here, also here, when you look at this, uh, and also here, you could also notice here, uh, he says on verse 5, And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with a donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. He's saying, stay here. Hey, we will say nowadays, hey, keep the car running, honey. <laughs> keep that, we'll, we'll be right back. I know it's cold, but keep that heater on too, right? So he's, he's saying, hey, wait for me right here. And when you see that word lad, that word lad is a young man. I know many times we see a picture of Abraham and, and going to sacrifice Isaac as a baby, but it's, 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 it's a young man. Matter of fact, in, in that culture, you were considered a, uh, no longer a lad once you uh, pass 40. I'm not a lad no more. That's, that's messed up. <laughs> Woo, time flies. All right? So the lad, so he's, they're young men. They're young men. They have their own will, too. They could do what they want. And here it also... If we notice here, the lad and I will go yonder and worship. This is also the first time the word worship is used. And here what it means is to bow down. And we come up here and we worship the Lord. Brother Dave leads us in worship. And we're getting our hearts praising God, getting our hearts ready to hear from what he has to tell us each individually. But when you look at the word worship, it really means to bow down. What he's saying here is we're going to go to the mountain and we're going to bow down our will to the Lord. We're going to bow down our will to, will to God. And, and this is what he's telling them. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna, we're going to worship. We're going we're to continue to worship God. And it's a beautiful thing, you see. And, and, and it's very confident. And he says at the end of that verse, 5, and we will come back to you. How could he say we will come back to you? 
knowing that he's going to sacrifice uh, his son. If you look at Abraham's faith, he knew. He knew if I, if, you know, if I sacrifice Isaac, he's going to raise him from the dead. This is powerful. Think about this. Jesus wasn't, hasn't, been, hasn't been in history yet in, in this side, and we see this on, on earth. And he already believed in the resurrection before the resurrection happened. That's faith. It, and how do, I, how do we know this? Well, we see this in Hebrews again, chapter 11, verse 17 through 19, where it says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of which it was said, And Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which we, he also received in a figurative sense. He believed Isaac was already dead. He was going those three days. He said, like, he's, he's, he's already a done deal. And that's what I love about the Bible. The Bible is always the best commentary of the Bible itself. And I find this amazing because, you know, we have the example of the resurrection. But he said, hey, God's going to bring him back. God's going to bring him back. He, he did, not, did not waver whatsoever. He didn't need an explanation. He didn't need any excuses. He was just going forward. He was going to rest on the promise of God. And that's what's, a, that's what's a, that's an awesome part of that section there. Verse 6. So we're going to be tested. We need to be obedient. And we need to focus on the promise. Right? Don't need no explanations. Look at verse 6. 6 through 14. This is where he depends on God's provision. Verse 6. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and the two of them went together. Here's, verse 6 is a, an awesome verse here showing a type of Jesus Christ. Right? He shows him as, as the father is Abraham and Isaac is a type of Jesus. Abraham is the father. And here he's laying, here he is carrying his cross, carrying the wood, which represents the cross, I should say. And he's going he's to carry it up this same mountain that our Lord Savior, Jesus Christ, died for our sins. The fire speaks of judgment, and the knife speaks of the execution of this judgment and sacrifice. Here, here the Father is providing a sacrifice. We need to remember that the same place that the Lord is going to sacrifice for our sins. The same place. Verse 7. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his, his father, and said, My father? And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son... God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. You know what? Abraham knew that nothing is too impo- is impossible for God. He knew it. Matthew nineteen twenty six says, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. He had this faith that he went through all his trials he went through. He had this faith that he knew God's going to come through. It may not look good. It may not, it may not seem right. But God's going to come through with this, with this uh, promise. He's totally trusting in the Lord. And we, you know, I didn't mention this earlier. But when you see that word here at the end of that verse. So the, the two of them went together. And it's also in verse 6. It, right there is saying that um, Abraham and Isaac, they were in agreement. They knew what was happening. It was no surprise to them. They were in agreement where they're going to go to this mountain. Right? It's awesome. This, these verses are so awesome because he's still trusting that God will raise Isaac from the dead. And he won't stop. 
Like, he won't stop. Many times, you know, I see that, that word, where is the lamb? Sometimes we do that. Where is God? Where is God during my trial? Right? And so when I see that, it's, it's really, that's one thing that stuck out on me. Sometimes we can really just look at the, well, where are you? Instead of knowing that God will provide. And that's what he's going to do right here. As you see here. Uh, and also, you know, I want to point out, which I didn't point out, should have. This is uh, in the New King James Version, which we're reading from. It's not a very uh, a good translation of that verse 8. If you look at the King James Version, it says there, uh, my son, God will provide himself the lamb for burnt offering, not for himself. That one is a more closer to the, the original text. He's going to provide himself for the burnt offering. And that's something that we need to know. That we need, you know, God will provide. He provides, and that's a prophecy here of Jesus Christ. And we read that from John 1.29. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You know, when we're being tested, and we truly believe that God can provide our needs, we need to really truly uh, continue to walk, continue to have faith, even what it looks like. Even if it may not look like it, that this is impossible. We need to have our faith and trust that God is, is showing us something. And not look at the, the testing as more of a, you know, why, why is this happening? But what is God going to do? What is God going to, how is God going to do something here? You know, I, I used to work for a, another company. Um, I worked for Numi. Uh, used to make the Corollas and the Tacoma trucks. I worked there for close to 17 years. And it really was a good company to work for. We, I mean, to the day we left, we made Corollas and Tacomas bumper to bumper out that door. We were breaking, we broke, we broke a lot of uh, records in production in the Fremont plant. And a lot of us got pretty comfortable with that company. And, and I don't forget the day that when they announced, and they're a good company, they really were a good company, they announced that they're going to lay us off. One of the things they told us when we were hired is that we never lay no one off, and we never will. You'll have a job until you retire. Right? Ooh, some other people heard that too. Huh? Right? And I believe, you know, and I remember when he, I was a Christian at that time. That was 2010. The announcement was 2009. And, and I remember how people reacted. The non-believers... They were mad. Oh, man, we look at all this money they're still making. You know, they're leaving the state. You know, it's a cheaper labor. How come they're not offering more job? Mad at California. I mean, they're just, that was their God. And there also were some uh, believers that said their believers were almost in that same way. You know, and don't get me wrong, it's scary. You guys, we, we all went to that 2008 when the thing went downwards in the economy. But here, I totally, I totally believe that God was going to, even though I left this job, and that's all I knew. I mean, after I, after I got laid off, I didn't know we had to now do uh, applications on the Internet. I'm old school. Paper, send it in, you know. All right, so, but I knew, I knew God's promises in my life. And don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, I also had those, those, those areas where you're concerned. I have a wife and three kids, and, you know, the mortgage like a lot of us. But, I knew God was going to provide. And when we got closer to the end and they walked us out, I still knew that somehow God was going to provide. You know, and, and, and when you seek out the kingdom of God, 
and you totally go forward in your life. At that particular time, I didn't work for two and a half years, right? Two and a half years, and I went to school. I was looking for a job, but God told me to do some, uh, some certain things for him, and I was doing them. And all these doors were closed for me to get a job. I mean, I, I got a good score in that school I went to, but nobody was hiring me. But I wasn't too worried about it because I was, I was doing what God told me to do. My wife had to get a job just to, so we could get a little bit of extra income. And, and, and it, was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a trial. I mean, it was a trial. And, you know, and, and what I want to share with you, and this is all God, is that even though we had our ups and downs, I never missed a mortgage. The PG never went off. We always had something to eat. So, so what, we didn't have cable and that other stuff that we always had, but he always provided. I mean, there were some times where we were down to a little bit left and, and someone would bless us, you know, with an envelope and some food. And, and, we're, and you know, we're down. I shared it with the men and the men. I was, we were down to our last hundreds of dollars. It, it, was, it was three figures. It wasn't, it wasn't in the thousands. It was in the hundreds. And the mortgage was coming up. And I knew what I was doing. I was looking for a job. And I said, okay, Lord, if you want us to move, if you want us to come here, there, wherever, we're open. Where do you want us to go? I can't remember when exactly when it was, but during that week, I get an email. Tesla, you are recommended for a job at Tesla. Are you interested? Yes, I am. <laughs> Just like that. I didn't look for this job. A non-believer re- remembered me and, an old, and knew me. After I, I went to this interview, it was, it, was a, it was a rough interview. It was all day. I wish they would have paid me for it. All right? I was there all day. And I remember, he's the, especially that last guy, the director, he gave some hard, hard questions, right? And he just got up. He said, Ruben, when can you start? Man... I never forget this the day I died. I didn't look for this job. God brought it to me. God used the non-believer to bring it to me. When I got hired, and I didn't know, people would tell me, "Who got you in? Who did this?" I go, "Why?" I found out later they had more applications that they could get that they could call back. I didn't lift one finger for this job. You know, it's not me. But God showed favor. Showed you kept your eyes on the Lord. He does the same for you guys too. He did the same. He does for if it's Billy Graham, uh, uh, Raul Reese, Damian Kyle, Pastor. It doesn't. You know, it's not us. It's Him. Right? It's Him. That is. That's all God. Praise God. I man, I can I can't get over that sometimes. And we're blessed, and we, we, I've been there for now over two, two years now. God will provide all your needs. So, so when we, I see this verse here, when it says here, where is God will provide? Here he's talking about our salvation, yes. But God will provide your every need. God is the one who's going to provide for our stuff. We just continue trusting him. We go through these trials. Life is life. It's not going to get any easier. You, we all know, right? Especially uh, some of us that's been up there in age. You know, it's not going to get any easier. 
But God is there. He's always there, and God is good. Amen? Verse 9. This is awesome, too. He's still providing. Then, then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now here, look at, you can't forget Isaac and his faith. Here, Isaac, by faith, is willing to lie down on the altar. He's a strong young man. Isaac's about 25, 30 years old here. He could have overpowered his dad any time. But he submitted to the father. Right? Type of Jesus who submitted to the father in the garden of Gethsemane. We need to submit our will to the Lord. You know, that's verse 10. And Abraham, and Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. When you look at that word stretch out, I mean, he was, he had the intent. He was, he was not, he was, he was going to do it. Abraham had all intentions to sacrifice his son. But he knew by faith, like I said, the Lord was going to raise him up. Many times we want to ask God, oh, stop. Stop this test. Stop this sacrifice. Lord, take away this test. But that's not what he wants. He wants us to trust, to trust him even, even during the trial. Verse 11. This is awesome right here. I feel like sometimes I read this. This is when I got my email. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. Look at this. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son for me. Man, what faith. What faith and what timing. Here when you see the angel of the Lord, this is a pre-incarnated Jesus Christ right here. Angel of the Lord. He's, he's there and he's telling him, hey, here I am. He said, do not lay your hands for now. Because look, for now I know. This is God, God, Jesus Christ right here telling him. You know, James, we, we read that we need, uh, that if, uh, I'll read it to you guys. Do you not know, foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. As he was called the friend of God, you see that that man is justified by works and not by faith only. He's not saying that we need to work for our, our faith, but what he's saying is that we got to show him. You know, we got we got to continue to believe in him by by being busy and, and trusting, being active. You know, sometimes we could look for a job, look for a job, and saying God can provide, but we don't do it. We don't go look for a job, right? We need to do our part. And it's beautiful because as soon as he believed, as soon as he believed, he was justified. As soon as he believed, he was justified through his obedience and, and his faith in the Lord. It wasn't just head belief. It wasn't just head knowledge. It was it was it was a heart commitment. Verse thirteen. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Here God still required a sacrifice. Instead, he required, he, he, except for he provided it himself. And here you can see it's a ram. But as we all know, Jesus is the lamb. Even though he asked for a lamb, it's Jesus the lamb. He provided a sacrifice for him. Verse 14. And Abraham called the name of this place. Here it is. The Lord will provide 
as it said to this day in the mouth of the Lord, it shall be provided. In the King James, actually in the King James it says, and Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, as said to this day, in the mouth of the Lord, it shall be seen. Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will see, the Lord will provide. It's a very, very, that's a very important to see the way to look at it. The Lord will provide. He sees what we go through. He sees our needs. He sees what we need in our lives. And it's him. It's always been him. And he's going to want to provide. You know, when we, when we are, are, are thinking that, you know, that no one, we, we're going through life, don't forget that God loves you. Do you, and, and, and I shared something, you know, I never forgot this at a, at a conference I went to, and it really encouraged me, and I want to encourage this with you too. Do you know that you are favored by God? Do you know he loves you so much that he won't let no harm to you? Do you know he's going to get you through this? Can You know, you, you can look at so many different examples. Look at your own life and the examples of the Christians. He'll see through it. He sees all that goes on. He understands all that goes on. He's, he's with you. Just like he's here with Abraham, he's with us. If anything, this, this morning, I want to encourage you as we go to 2015, whatever we're going through, he is with you. Like I said earlier, your, your, your relationship, your, your finances, whatever it is, he sees you. You cry, he cries. You laugh, he laughs. Right? And that's the truth, right? So, in, in closing here, the Lord will see it, or the Lord will be seen. You know, that's a better uh, translation. So what does he see? Well, one thing we know about the Lord will provide, or the Lord will see is he will always provide our, our, our needs. I'm sorry. He will provide our, our needs in that perfect hour. No time before, no time after, but only when we're in his will. He meets our needs, and he's never late. He's never late. Right? Our time is time. Hey, his watch is the best watch. Right? I don't care what kind you got. Right? And don't forget, God himself makes the provision. Get your hands off. Let him provide for you. He provides for those who trust and obey him. Right? He trusts those who obey him. You need to trust in him. And he provides so that he gets the glory. Right? He gets the glory. He provides this, this sacrifice. He's the one that did it. Abraham didn't have to get the sacrifice. It was brought to him. And we need to remember that. But as we, as sisters, we need to remember that Jesus not only in this illustration here went to the cross for our sins, but he also went on the cross so that we may live a life, a victorious life, a life that he wants to give us joy. Right? And sometimes we forget that, that we're blessed on this side of heaven and we're going to be blessed on that side of heaven when he calls us home. And he will provide all our needs if we just trust in him. Right? We need to just give our will to him, trust in him under all our trials. And he sacrificed, he went on, Jesus, 2,000 years later, he went on that cross because he loves you. No one took his life, he gave his life. In the closing, uh, I would love for you guys to see one part and we'll, we'll close in prayer. Look at, go to Hebrews. It's in the New Testament. It's not as easy to find as Genesis. I believe it's after... Philemon and before James. 
In chapter 11 of Hebrews, like I said earlier, it's a, fa it's a, it's a chapter of, of all these guys who the writer of the Hebrews is showing they had this, uh, they, they, they ran the race and they totally believed in the promise of God. They, be they believed without seeing Jesus Christ, Messiah, come yet. They knew the truth of God and they, they finished the, voice, the race strong and well. As a matter of fact, in 1139, verse 39, it says, And all these have obtained a good report through faith, receiving not the promise. Look at, verse, look at chapter 12, verse 1. This is, what, this is it. This is the whole thing right here. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witness, and I believe the witness he's talking about are all these chapter 11 saints, right? The witness of the, 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 the faith. Let us lay aside every weight. What is holding you back? You know, when you're, when you're running a marathon, you're not gonna, you, you, sometimes you train, you have weights on your ankles, whatever. But when you're running that marathon, you don't have those weights on. What is holding you back? He's saying lay every weight and the sin which so, in, in, uh, so easily ensnares us. Here, this sin, I believe, he's talking about the sin of unbelief, the lack of faith. Because we all fall short in the glory of God. So a sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance, with patience, the race. It's a long race that is set before us. It's not a sprint. Verse 2. Here it is. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Lord Jesus, the author, he's the writer, he's the conductor of our, of our faith. He's going to finish the good work that he started in all of us. We just need to trust him as we go through the trials. Just keep our eyes on the Lord. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He's going to get us through all that we go through. We're going to go through 2015. And we need to remember that, that, that the Lord is with us in all our trials. And, and he will provide. Amen? Let's, let's pray.